Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Living Waters Flowing. I am Nina Menace, and as always, it is a pleasure to come before you this beautiful Sunday, March the 26th in beautiful Florida. It is 88 degrees here, y'all. It's hot. Okay, it's hot. (laughs) But that's all right. I'm loving it. I'm soaking it all in because I'm on my way to Oklahoma, which has unpredictable weather. Okay. So I want to say thank you for joining me. Also to my faithful listeners, thank you so much for listening to me every week. Were you listening from all over the world? I appreciate you taking time with me every week to listen. And also to my first time listeners, welcome. Feel free to go even and listen to my podcast before these. We have several. And if the title catches your attention, feel free to listen. And I pray that those are a blessing for you as well. And I just want to go ahead and get into the word, but I I definitely want to start with prayer. Um, Today is going to be a little different. Um, It's going to be God um, speaking to us about transitions and he is allowing me or wanting me to share my journey. So let's go ahead and start with prayer. Father God, we thank you. We praise you, God. We give you glory. You are so worthy to be praised. You are so worthy to be magnified. All glory belongs to you. And Lord, we freely give it to you. Lord God, I ask, Lord, that you would open up our hearts, our minds, in our spirits for whatever it is you want to say to us today. Lord, I willingly decrease and I ask that you increase, overflow, and take over this podcast. It is yours. Lord, I ask that you would touch, heal, and deliver. Have your way. Your perfect will, Lord, is welcome to be done through this podcast. And Lord, we will give you the praise, honor, and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, today, y'all, we are going to be talking about transitions. We're going to be talking about transitions, and we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus as well. So let's go ahead and start with the scripture. It's going to be Philippians 3, 13 through 14. I'm reading out of the NIV version. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do know forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Everybody say amen. And so just as I said before, God asked that I just flow from this scripture and as it relates to the life of Jesus and some of my journey as well. Okay. So, of course, I'm going to start out with talking about Jesus, the lover of my soul, my ultimate and complete example in life. I love Jesus. I love him with all my heart. And his life has inspired me so much. So I have to start with talking about him. So Jesus, I consider Jesus a walking change agent. Okay. Yes, Jesus was and is God. He came wrapped in flesh with all power. And if you're a believer, you have access to that same power. The same power that raised, 
uh, that same resurrection power that brought Jesus up and out of the tomb, raised him from the dead without the stone being rolled away. That same power is alive in us today. Now, Jesus made many transitions in his life, his earthly journey, and those that he encountered were never the same again. None of them. And it was all part of the plan. See, Jesus made the most of every opportunity he was given. Jesus was on assignment everywhere he went. Everywhere. And Jesus was intentional with his words, too. He was intentional about where and when he met the needs of those around him. Because Jesus couldn't personally minister directly to each person following him. I mean, he had thousands of people following him, y'all. They were just following him everywhere he went. But they were still impacted, even though they did not meet him personally. Up close and personal would have been great, but he had such a, a presence, the presence of God, the glory of God on him, that they were touched just in being in proximity to him. Come on now. Now that's some power. What he said, how he handled his critics, his humility, his loving kindness towards all people, it changed the lives of everyone around him. So those those people followed him, that followed him, they were healed, delivered, set free, strongholds were broken, hearts were mended, and most importantly, they believed in God because of who Jesus was, period. Now Jesus made Jesus made it clear that he didn't have a permanent residence. He didn't have a house of his own. But he didn't need one, y'all. He really didn't. Because Jesus was always on the move, doing the will of his Father. Being the example to each and every one of us. And he said to a man who wanted to follow him, uh, let's go to Matthew 8 and 20. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He didn't have a house. He didn't have a place to call his own because he was too busy on assignment doing everything God, Father God told him to do. And also just think, Jesus walked everywhere he went. Okay, Jesus did not have a horse. He didn't have a chariot to carry him wherever he went or needed to go. But he went wherever Father God told him to go. He didn't miss a beat. Jesus did not have the luxuries that we are afforded to have this day. You know, we got cars and SUVs and we leasing and purchasing cars and and whatnot, or if we don't have a car, we can send for a Lyft or an Uber. <laughs> we can catch a bus. We can get on a train. We can we can catch a subway train. Okay, 
So, no ma'am, no sir, he walked everywhere. And so did his disciples who followed him. And all of those who followed and looked on, they all walked with him. Okay? Now, as followers of Jesus, we are called to walk too. But not in the physical. We're called to walk out our faith. We're called to walk in the principles and statues of the word of God. We're called to walk in the spirit so that we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We're called to walk in love. To walk as Jesus walked. He is our ultimate example. See, Jesus' singular focus was on Father God and his will for each day of his short earthly life. He was laser focused, y'all. Laser focused. Jesus took his life assignment seriously and he accomplished all that he came there to do, even unto death. And I personally took Jesus' life here seriously too. I did. And it changed my life forever, y'all. I always say this phrase, that Jesus died for me, so I'm going to live for him. And people think, oh, that's a cute cliche. Oh, that's sweet. No, 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 no. I mean that. I took him dying for me personally. I took what he suffered in his body and him stepping down from his holy throne to come here and suffer and die like he did personally. And so today, God asked me to share some of my transitions with you all. Because transitions, the transitions that Jesus made were necessary. He made all types of transitions that led him to the cross, which led to our salvation. So we too, when we surrender ourselves to God, we also must make transitions. And let me tell you, transitions are not always comfortable and not always well received either. But they are necessary. So this is going to be weird because I'm a reserved person, y'all. An extreme introvert in every sense of the word. (laughs) An introvert's introvert. So please bear with me as I push through this and be obedient to God, okay? So I want to start. I'm not going to be long, but... I started hearing God's voice at the age of early age of five. And my mom, she raised me in church. She raised me in a Pentecostal church. And from there, um, my mom's life, as far as her spiritual life, took transitions. She went from a Pentecostal church to a holiness church and then to a non-denominational church. So it was like um, with each level that she was growing in God, uh, she moved further and further away from religion. Okay. 
So when she did that, because she was very much a woman of prayer. Um, my mom has so much wisdom, y'all. So much wisdom. I thank God for her um, and what she's been in my life. But she she started seeing and realizing that there was more to God than just church rules and regulations. Amen. That's why I tell anyone who is starting out on their journey with God, yes, to find a church home, but let your main focus be on developing and maintaining a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That is the most important before stepping in any church let your relationship with the Holy Spirit lead and guide you to the right church. I, I'm, I'm telling you that because it's just a lot that we need to hear from God about, especially in this day and age, in these troubling times. And we, in order to be led by the Spirit of God, we must have that relationship with the Holy Spirit to know when it's God speaking to us or when it is our own mind and ideas speaking to us, or if it's the enemy trying to deceive us. So building that relationship with the Holy Spirit is vital, most important. So my mom, as a young girl, she instilled in me about prayer and also talking to God. Like if I would come to her with a problem I'm having and she would say, she would give me advice, but she would say, talk to the Lord about it, Nina. Talk to the Lord about it. And though I, you know, I would see her talk to the Lord. She would pray and I would hear her and she would just be talking to the Lord because my mom had a relationship with the Lord. She would just be talking to him like talking to anybody else. And so I did the same thing. I would go to God and I would just talk to him. I said, God, I'm having this problem in my in school or I'm having these problems with these kids and God I don't know what to do and da 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 I would just talk to the Lord and that was so important that she taught me that so if you have children please teach your children um, to talk to God to pray most important and so I got older um, and at the age of 8 a precious woman of God her name is um sister, I'm sorry, mother James, she came to me and said, baby, God is going to use you in a mighty way. She said, I don't know if you know this or not. She said, but God's hand is on your life and he's going to use you. And you're going to do mighty works for the Lord. And she hugged me and um, I told her, thank you, you know, not taking it seriously, just thought that it was because she knew my mom and my mom's um you know, a woman of prayer, a woman of God. So I thought that that was why she said it to me. And I brushed it off and went on. Well, years later, um, at 19 years old, um, I was running from God, of course. I was in my teenage years and didn't really want to live for God, but was still sensitive to God. I always had that sensitivity to God's voice, His presence, His power. And so... At 19 years old, God had me to pray for a woman in church. And then all of a sudden, there was other people coming up to me asking me for prayer. And I got scared because 
at the time I was living life and, and had a boyfriend and doing all kind of things that was not godly and was not ready to surrender my life to God. So I ran. I ran from church after that. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That scared me. I was like, I'm not ready to live like that right now. You know, I want to do my thing. You know, I may, you know, work for God later, but right now I'm going to have fun. So fast forward, um, my boyfriend that I was seeing, um, it was about 10, 11 years at that time. um, He got sick. And my mom was going to a church um, called Judah Christian Assembly. And I started going with her because I was familiar with the pastor and really enjoyed him and his singing. And I wanted to go and be a part of the church. Well, my boyfriend ended up passing away in 2003. And that devastated my life. And I said, Lord, you know, I don't know what to do. We were supposed to get married. You know, we had all these plans and here my life just tumbled and crumbled down. And I honestly, I was think I was really mad at God for taking him. I really was. And so at that time, I just didn't want to be bothered with God. I didn't want to be bothered with anybody, really. And I took it upon myself to just to go ahead and go to church with my mom and I went to that same church and God touched me and I asked God, I said, Lord, will you take this pain away from me because it hurts too bad? And he did. I went to church that Sunday and it was like that weight that I was carrying of losing this man who was the love of my life. It had lifted off of me. I could feel it literally lifting off of me during an anointed church service. Praise and worship was going forth. People were being prayed for, and um, nobody laid their hands on me when this happened, by the way. I just had my hands up, and I asked God to take it, and he did. In that service, he did. Not to say that I didn't think about him and cry from time to time, but he took the weight of the grief that was on me off of me. And then next thing you know, weeks go by. I wasn't crying. Months go by. I didn't think about him. And I was focused on what God had me doing. I was in the choir. I became part of the ministerial prep class and became a minister. And this was a little over a year and a half after he passed away. I was a minister and had moved on to different things in life, had connected with another women's ministry and was part of the praise and worship team there and just really involved in ministry and in church and in doing the things of God and along the way meeting some key people that imparted things that I needed for my journey. All of a sudden, God moved on my heart to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I became a part of a wonderful church, um, Greenwood Christian Center, Also a part of a ministry that was heavy in prayer and healing and deliverance, um, which is Pentecostal way. And God began to just transform my life in ways that I never even expected. But it took me transitioning from not wanting to deal with God, to going to church, to getting involved in, in church And then him transitioning me from one city to another, 
And then he transitioned me from that city in Oklahoma to Florida. And the Florida transition was the most significant because I was away from all of those that I knew and and loved back home. And I was just on my own, literally. And so in that time of transition, I, I was put into isolation. Now, this time it was not an isolation for grief. It was a isolation that brought me closer to God. It honed in my um, my sensitivity to God, His Spirit, His voice, um, His touch. I was able to get closer to Him, closer relationship with the Holy Spirit, closer walk with God, deeper in His Word. It was a whole new world for me when I moved here. And though I went through some transition, and the transition was not easy. Um, When I transitioned from Oklahoma to Florida, um, there was doors shut in my face by a family member that caused life to start out very, very hard in the first part of that transition because they didn't understand or believe my faith walk. Um... But I believe that even that was for purpose because it it strengthened my walk with God. It strengthened my faith in God to take care of me. Just talking about it, I got tears in my eyes because I never would have known or trusted God at the level that I am right now if I had not gone through that. If I had not gone through that. And... God opened up so many doors after that. I ended up with great jobs. And just recently, um, I just left a very great uh, job with an electric company that I was with almost seven years. And this transition is transitioning me back to where I started, back to Oklahoma. And it's for his purpose, for his plan. So I've grown in trusting that each transition brings with it another level, another dimension in him, and also assignments. So just like Jesus, wherever he went, he had assignments everywhere he went. How he encountered everyone, it was all for purpose. Jesus had to make many transitions in his life because his whole life on earth was lived to do the will of the Father. So there was nothing normal about Jesus' life journey here either. So think about it. Jesus just so happened to be walking along a path that brought him into the lives of 12 different disciples. All 12. That's purpose. Think about it. His path that he was walking in life brought him across the woman at the well, blind Bartimaeus, the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, Mary Magdalene, Zacchaeus, the rich tax collector, who was a rich tax collector, and he went home with him, and his whole entire family was saved. The ten lepers was along his path. When he was in the boat sleep, he was able to calm the storm and that transformed 
how his disciples saw him as far as his power and the anointing that he had. When Jesus healed that paralyzed man that was along his path, when he, when the synagogue leader's daughter was dead, and while he was on his way to go and revive her, a woman with the issue of blood was healed by faith, by touching the hem of his garment. I can go on and on and on and on. But you get the point. Every path that Jesus took was ordained to be a life-changing experience for all who encountered him, whether in passing or up close and personal. Their lives were never the same after Jesus. Never. And Jesus' life still has and is still awakening change on the inside of us. To those who are believers, we should strive to change and evolve to be the vessel of change for all of those around us. And that takes transition. That takes being willing to shift and change when God is ready for us to do so. Jesus made many transitions in life, and so will we when we surrender and submit ourselves to the will of God. When we say, yes, Lord, I'll go. Yes, Lord, I give myself away. You know we sing that song, right? I give myself away. Well, this is a part of it. This is a part of surrendering and submitting your life to God. And though it may get hard sometimes, it was many times along this journey of transitioning. Because I transitioned excuse me, transitioned from city to city here in Florida. Every time that God moved on me to do so, it was a life or lives that he wanted me to, to be an influence in or to be a blessing to in some kind of way, even in ways that I probably don't even realize it. But because we cross paths, I was able to allow God to use me in any way he saw fit. Transitions are necessary. It's necessary for our growth. It's necessary for the lives of those that God has placed in our in our path to be a blessing to. And it is necessary to take us into our destiny. Transitions can be scary to people who do not like change. Let's be honest. A lot of people don't like change. Now think, if I would have stayed in Oklahoma, period, just didn't didn't leave, stayed at the same ministry, working in ministry, staying there in Oklahoma City, and just, just living my life there, then the people that God assigned me to in Tulsa and that he's assigned to me and that I was assigned to them, we would not have been able to get from each other what we needed. Those, the healing, the deliverance, whatever it is God selected us to be 
in each other's lives. It would not have been so if I was not willing to make the transition. But if I was really scared when when the door closed when I moved to Florida for the first time, I got the job, but the door was closed. I didn't have anywhere to stay. I stayed and I was determined to do what God wanted me to do. I could have got back on a flight and went back home to Oklahoma easily. But God told me to stay. I had a cousin and uh, his name is Earl and I thank God for him. I thank God so much for him. He's the one that provided me with the passes to fly. He said, Nina, whatever you do, he says, stay the course. Stay the course. You're there for a reason. And I did. I stayed for a few days in a shelter. And even in on those uh, times that I was staying in a shelter, I would take a bus and go to church while I was there. I was committed. I was determined to do what God wanted me to do. I wanted to see this through, and I'm so glad I stayed. That was the hardest but the best transition of my life. And to this day, I don't hold it against my cousin for not opening up her door to me. I love her. And really and truly, it wasn't about her. It was about me being obedient to God, me doing what he told me to do regardless of what it looked like. And I did that. I was determined to be obedient to God. And now I've been transitioned back home to Oklahoma. I don't know how long I'll be there. I don't even speak on it too much. I'm assuming a few years, but I have put my life in God's hands. I have learned through the transitions that I've made in life that he's taken me through to always trust him no matter where he's leading me, no matter where he's guiding me. I had to walk off of a job that I've been on for years and have been comfortable in getting a check every two weeks. Now, I have left that job and I'm going to be depending on God for my next. Doing all that he's called me to do, focusing on what it is that he would have me doing in this season, just like Jesus was focused. Jesus was laser focused. He wasn't worried about the cares of life. He wasn't worried about what he had and what he didn't have. All he knew is that he had to do what the Father has sent him there to do. And I have that same mindset. Transitions are necessary. Transitions are powerful. Is God transitioning you? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word today. Lord, I pray that this word has been impactful to the hearts that needed to hear this. I pray that this is confirmation to those that you have been pulling on their heartstrings to make that move. to go into business, to move out of that city, that state, 
to change from one church to another, to start that ministry or that nonprofit, to start that podcast, to start that YouTube channel, to go ahead and, and ask that person to marry you, men of God, to start that new life's journey that you have been showing them and talking to them about. Lord, I pray that you give them courage, God, to move forward in you. Courage to obey your unctions. Courage to step out on faith and believe you for more. Lord, you didn't let me down. You were here with me in every transition that I've made, and you're here with me now in this transition back home. Lord, I ask that you would touch each and every person listening. Lord, if it's healing, I decree and declare that by your stripes they are healed. It is a finished work. Lord, if it's finances that they need, I decree and declare that you have met all of their needs according to your riches and glory. It is done. Lord, if it's a repair in relationships, if it's to restore back a a loved one, a a child that was wayward and have, have wandered away or that there's been a barrier between them, Lord, I ask that you would restore peace where there's been hurt and brokenness. Lord, heal the hearts of your people. Mend the broken hearts. Give the person the courage to walk away from their abuser. Let your light so shine in us, God, that it breaks down every barrier, every stronghold must come down in the name of Jesus. Break every soul tie that keeps us bound to things and people that you are trying to remove from our lives. Holy Spirit, have your way and let your perfect will be done in our lives. In the name of Jesus, God, amen. Now, I want to speak to those who do not know Jesus. He is here right now. If you feel him pulling at your heart, he knows just where you are. And he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know him. And he wants to show you who you are in him. If you want to receive Jesus today, I'm going to give you some language to speak to him, to express what you're feeling in your heart. Say, Jesus, I come to you now a sinner. I ask that you forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead just so that I can be free. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Fill this emptiness inside of me with your Holy Spirit. Renew a right spirit within me, God. 
and create in me a clean heart. Lord, I thank you for loving me. And Lord, I promise to live for you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that is you today, if you've given your heart to Jesus, I want to say welcome to the family. Welcome. And to those who are speaking that prayer, who are coming back to Jesus, I'll say welcome back home. Jesus has never left you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. I love you so much and we would love to hear from you. If you've given your life back to the Lord or given it for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Email us here at livingwatersflowingministry at gmail.com. You can use that same email to send us prayer requests, also comments or just any testimonies. We would just love to hear from you. And we would love to provide you with a love gift for your journey. And also, just want to let you know that we do have a Facebook page. Okay, we are growing too. I'm so proud. And so if you are on Facebook, you can look us up at Living Waters Flowing Podcasts with Nina Menace. And then you can just follow us to stay connected. And also, ladies, we do have a all-women's Christian um, Facebook group called Queens of God, and it's queens with a crown in front of it when you look it up. And it's going to be a red background that says Queens of God on top of that. Go ahead and click on that and join us. We would love to have you. We are a loving and wonderful community. We are filled with much prayer. We have so many empowerment posts and encouraging posts as well as funny posts as well we laugh a lot (laughs) we really enjoy each other and it is just a pleasure to be involved with such a beautiful group of ladies and i invite you to join us so until we speak again may the living waters of god continue to flow in your life have a blessed week